Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. On today's show, I had the chance to sit down with UK Investment Minister Graham Stewart. He's in North America pitching businesses and business leaders on the value of investing across the pond. It's no doubt a daunting task for the Brits as they navigate a post-Brexit reality. And we discuss the challenges ahead, as well as why the UK is interested in trade and business opportunities with the West Coast. I'd like to welcome to the show, Graham Stewart. With us today is UK Investment Minister Graham Stewart. He's trekking through Canada. He's here to sell us on the future of business between his countries and ours, especially in a bit of a post-Brexit landscape that we are looking at. Minister, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. It's great to be with you. So I'll tell you what, so just this week in Canada, we announced the USMCA deal. And I think maybe the Canadians and the Brits, we, we can uh, share some more stories about uh, tough negotiations with regards to trade. Uh, w- would you agree with that? I absolutely would. And of course, uh, Canada's trade team is legendary. I know uh, uh, the feeling is that uh, from the people I speak to that a, a good job was done um, in difficult circumstances. And uh, Britain, of course, is setting out, will shortly, um, for the first time in 40 years, have to uh, conduct its own trade policy. So my department, the Department for International Trade, is recruiting um, and we're building that capacity. And we look forward to uh, learning from and uh, negotiating with our Canadian partners as we go forward. So for about 100 years, at least the first century of uh, Canada's history, the UK or uh, Great Britain was our biggest trading partner. And uh, now we're looking towards the United States. And I wonder if the USMCA deal, it made a lot of Canadians wake up and realize that we need to get a little bit more diversified. And I'm wondering what your position is on that, especially when you're here looking at the opportunities between Canada and the UK. Well, I think British Columbia and Vancouver in particular has probably looked east and west more than perhaps some other areas of Canada. And I think you're right. You don't want to put all your uh, your uh, trade eggs in one basket um, vis-a-vis the US, whatever you want to look at globally. Um, and that's part of what we're doing in the UK. We uh, uh, we ha- Our most significant trading partner is the rest of the EU, but it's reduced significantly just over the last 10, 12 years. And uh, if you look at uh, our export growth to Canada was 12% last year, um, more than it was to uh, the EU. Uh, the world is changing, and uh, we want to make sure as in the UK that we are truly global. We build a global Britain, and we trade everywhere. And I think Canada, likewise, is, needs to ensure that it, uh, it has global trading partners, and Britain stands ready to be an even closer trading partner than we are already, um, and also I've seen, uh, you know, real effort going in uh, in Canada to diversify the industrial base as well. So whether it's uh, the fantastic growth of um, film and television here in Vancouver or um, tech and other companies. And uh, so uh, I'm here to uh, foster those links and um, encourage Canadian business, uh, not just to look south, but also to uh, uh, look to the UK and to um, around the rest of the world. If we look at the present situation, uh, the UK and Canada, we have CETA going for us right now. But in a few years, we're going to have a, a bit of a post-Brexit reality with regards to our relationship between the two countries. I'm wondering what you're looking at in terms of a bilateral agreement. Well, both our prime ministers, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and Prime Minister May, have agreed that we will transition CETA um, from an EU-Canada agreement into a UK 
um, Canada agreement as well. So we will we will have a uh, the aim is to land uh, a deal that is as much a, a replicates um, the existing one and means that there's no cliff edge and no um, change impacting Canadian or British businesses doing business with each other. I suspect I know the answer to this, but I'll throw it out to you anyways. Do we have a timeline in mind about when we could get these uh, talks? underway or when we could have some sort of trade deal between Canada and the United Kingdom? Well, we don't technically leave the EU until March 2019. Um, If no deal is agreed between the UK and the EU, we expect that it will. Uh, I think it'll be a good deal. And I think it's in both sides' interest to land one. But as you've seen with the Americans, uh, some of these uh, negotiations can go to the last second of the last hour. Um, So, uh, but March 2019, if there were no deal, we have done a lot of work on both ends, Canada and the UK, to ensure that we can smoothly transition. But uh, we do expect a deal, and there would therefore be an implementation period, transition period um, for the UK as it leaves the EU, which would mean that nothing would change till December 2020. But as of March next year, we can negotiate um, uh, new deals. But if the transition agreement uh, occurs, as we expect it to, then technical change wouldn't occur until December 2020. Your investment minister, what do you say to maybe Canadians, Canadian businesses that look at sort of the uncertainty ahead? Because as you said, there there might be no deal with regards to the Brexit. And what is the case for getting Canadians to invest in a country where there could potentially be quite a bit of a slowdown in the economy? Well, there have been many predictions of a slowdown in the economy. The UK economy is not slowing down. The UK economy is growing solidly. Um, Our unemployment stats came out just three weeks ago. We've got more people in work than ever before, more women in work than ever before. The lowest ever youth unemployment exports last year grew more than 10% globally, 60 billion up to 620 billion. And as the investment minister, I'm pleased to share with your listeners the fact that the UK is the number one foreign direct investment destination in Europe. In fact, we have more foreign direct investment um, from companies around the world than any country in the world other than the US and China, Hong Kong. So, uh, and if you look at Canada in particular, the number one uh, foreign investment destination in Europe for Canadian companies is indeed the UK. And I've just come from Global Relay, which is a major um, local fintech firm, uh, global leader in uh, archiving, and they are uh, will shortly um, be opening their new centre in London, which was, uh, they signed the lease after the vote to leave the EU, and it's going to be 40,000 square feet in Cannon Street in the heart of London. Yet another vote of confidence from Canadian businesses following so many others in the future of uh, the UK as a uh, major uh, financial centre and a major um, uh, business center. We're, we're, we're doubling down on the fact that we want to be business friendly. So why do Canadian companies prefer investing in the UK more than France, Germany, or anywhere else in Europe? Um, because of the most trusted legal system in the world, because of a stable regulatory regime, and because of the lowest corporation tax in the G20, uh, coupled with a very business friendly approach and, uh, and significant growth opportunities, as well as you know, the best universities in the world, four out of the top 10 are in the UK. Uh, and uh, the combination of uh, the the tech center of Europe, the financial uh, global financial center in Europe, and a business uh, friendly environment means that um, yeah, for many Canadian companies, it appears to be a no brainer that the place they want to go, they have gone, and they will continue to go, is the UK. 
Well, you're making a solid pitch, and you've also brought up the fact that the Canadian economy, especially here on the West Coast, is diversifying quite a bit. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Canada versus the UK, it's very much more resource dependent. And I'm wondering if you can help shake some of those investors, some of those very traditional investors that have had a tough time getting out of that frame of mind where I know a lot of tech companies are having difficulty getting people to invest in them. They have to go down to Silicon Valley if they want to get venture capital. How do we help shake a lot of these traditional Canadian investors out of that very traditional frame of mind with regards to our very tight relationship to the resource industry and looking at the other opportunities across the pond? Well, I mean, diversification is is something to be encouraged, and I think it is happening. Perhaps not at the speed that you would like, but I wouldn't um, I wouldn't reject the success of Canadian resource linked companies. Uh, we're uh, uh, you know oil and gas. I've just been in uh, Calgary yesterday, and um, you know Alberta oil and gas is a big industry, and they they're recovering strongly while also diversifying. But Canadian, um, if I look at uh, Canadian pension funds, for instance, from Ontario teachers to uh, others across uh, across the country, are heavily invested um, in the UK in all sorts of uh, assets. There, um, I, I think Canada is uh, diversifying, but it shouldn't turn its back on where it's had significant success, which is putting major investments, very multi-billion-dollar investments, into um, big projects, which um, have historically paid off. And uh, uh, I think uh, not. Looking to diversify while not turning your back on the strengths you've had historically is a sensible, balanced approach by Canada, and one which um, you know which has led to economic success and growth, and um, plays a part in uh, Canada being such a great trading partner as well as a broader partner for the UK. You mentioned the fact that you're visiting Global Relay, but I also think about why you're coming to British Columbia specifically, because a lot of British Columbians they look. And it's very easy for them to look south of the border and see a lot of very easy opportunities there. And more so than any other province, British Columbia is looking to Asia. We have very easy access to those markets as well. Uh, even potential for uh, another trade agreement with uh, the Middle Kingdom, even though uh, I guess the USMCA has some uh, particularly interesting text involving that. So we'll have to delve into that uh, maybe on another show. But I, I want to know why you're interested in BC and the West Coast, because there is a distance factor involved uh, versus if you were focused on central Canada, Toronto, Montreal, some of those economic centers over there. Well, you, you're an economically dynamic place. Uh, and uh, we want, as I say, to build a truly global Britain and not uh, looking at British Columbia uh, would be a big mistake in that respect. So... Uh, and also, um, you know, we are the UK is the largest export market in Europe for Canada. Um, as I say, for Canadian companies, we're the uh, the biggest destination for your foreign investment outside of the US. Uh, and uh, you know, we expect your economy here to continue to grow and to diversify. And uh, we see, you know, there's quite a lot of British Columbia has in common, of course, with further down the coast, um, the sort of west coast of the United States. And uh, we see great uh, benefits in doing business on the west coast of the US. And I'll be going to San Diego tonight and uh, on to LA um, uh, the day after tomorrow. Um, but we, we want to build a truly global Britain. And we think Canada is going to be a very important part of uh, the global economy. And we want to partner with you and make sure that companies do look um, to the UK and don't just think of going south or going to to Asia. London is the uh, number one um, uh, international finance center in the world in terms of cross-border um, financing and businesses. We have 
more venture capital invested in tech last year than France and Germany combined just in the city of London, and that's just part of the United Kingdom. Uh, so uh, for companies like you know Global Relay and so many others who have invested in the UK, it opens up a whole series of other markets as well as access to um, uh, venture capital and other financial um, tools to help them grow. You know, I, why don't we take it maybe from a broader perspective? We talk a lot about Canada, but just, I, and I'm curious, I am fascinated. I've, I've got three good Brit friends that I often talk about the Brexit stuff going on, and I always like picking their brains. For you, I mean, you're obviously looking at Canada as another market. I think U.S. seems obvious. Are there any other global markets that, you know, the, the British government wants to look at and sees that there is more opportunity to expand there versus what your traditional and easy trading partners have been for a long time with regards to Europe? Well, the IMF um, says that 90% of global growth is going to come outside of uh, the EU in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, and the share of uh, trade, UK trade with the EU, as I say, has dropped significantly over the last 10 or 12 as a share. Um, so we see there's a world of opportunity out there. Um, we have uh, recently consulted on looking at FTAs with the US, uh, with uh, New Zealand and with Australia. Um, we've also consulted on, uh, or are consulting on the possibility of us uh, seeking to apply to join the CPTPP, the Comprehensive and Progressive uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, and uh, although we wouldn't claim to be a Pacific uh, nation, uh, increasingly geography is less important. It's about values. It's about um, uh, an open uh, rules-based trading system. And uh we, we think there's real opportunity there, and um, we would uh, hope to work with Canada um, on uh, uh, the possibility of um, UK accession. Uh, I, for the record, uh, my three good friends, uh, they were all Remainers, and uh, they, they made sure that uh, they were still able to vote on this. And I understand, I look back into your background, you were a Remainer as well, and I am curious... It, what is the sentiment right now in the UK with regards to the future of the country? Because I, I know it's still very polarized right now, and it, it's a very tough political situation. And just for you personally, what is your takeaway about kind of the overall direction and whether there are concerns about further polarization? Well, it, it was a close vote, 52-48. It was a significant um, decision. I um, voted to remain, uh, and uh, but, you know, my board... Um, decided on the uh, on the buyout, if you like, and uh, my job's not to second guess them. They're the bosses. The people decided um, they wanted us to take back control, and um, that's what we've got to do. So, uh, the what we are seeking to do is uh, negotiate the best possible agreement with the EU, so we keep a close relationship with them, minimise uh, the costs. Uh, of departure and the ongoing costs of uh, trading with them, and then optimize uh, the global opportunities, which are many. And in a world in which 90% of global growth will be outside Europe, um, there's a huge amount to be done if we get out there and do what I'm trying to do today, and which my boss, Liam Fox, Secretary of State, was here in Vancouver within the last um, number of weeks. Uh, Baroness Fairhead, the exports minister also from my department, has also been here in just the last few weeks. Um, if we're going to build a global Britain, we have to you know, get on the plane, get on our bikes, so to speak, um, and get out there and uh, bang the drum and open up and facilitate um, better trading around the world. And the fact that we've already, you know, just last year, as I say, increased exports significantly, that we lead Europe and in foreign investment, um, and that the economy is, uh, is growing solidly, um, you know, gives me confidence for the future. 
Well, if your colleagues were here a few weeks ago, then I have to say that they benefited greatly from uh, much better weather than uh, you're experiencing right now. But it's crisp, cool out, but uh, maybe it feels a little bit like home right now for you. Yeah, well, I've just, I came up from LA to uh, Calgary, um, landed in <laughs> Calgary, got up in the morning to find this phenomenal snow dump and had three hours on the tarmac last night before being one of the lucky ones to um, actually get out of Calgary Airport um, and arrive in Vancouver. So compared to Calgary, it's feeling positively balmy here, almost LA-esque. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vancouverites like to think of themselves quite highly just because of the winters that we don't have to endure. But uh, Minister, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. Thank you very much. That's Graham Stewart. He is the Minister of Investment in the United Kingdom. That's it for the show today. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a break for Thanksgiving, but we'll be back on Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find our archives on iTunes and Stitcher. Be sure to share with a friend. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.